everybody. This is Tanya Yarbrough on that that dog training show. That 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 dog training show with Tanya Yarbrough. This is episode thirty six, I think, October twenty ninth, two thousand fourteen. And I am uh, I made the decision that this would be the last one for this year for this season. I'm going to go on a couple month hiatus because the holidays are happening, and I got more dogs at my place than I can shake a stick at. Not that I normally shake a stick at dogs, but. I got stuff to do. And I'm revamping my new, I've got my new website launched. It's kazidogtraining.com. That's K-A-Z-Z-I, dogtraining.com. And uh, we've got some cool videos on there with me working with some wolf hybrids and uh, with some little tips on there. And it's going to keep getting better and better and hook up to my Instagram and all that stuff. I'm getting all technically like savvy and stuff with the help of people who are smarter than me. So um, anyway, so I thought that this will give me a good time to start getting some guests for next year and uh, revamp things. So don't be, I'll still be posting things on uh, That Dog Training Show uh, with Tanya Yarbrough on the Facebook page. So, and if you have suggestions or ideas of guests or stories or what have you, I'd be glad to take them because I'm an open book on this. This is kind of, you know, being a mixed technique trainer means that I'm open to a whole bunch of things, even if I don't like certain things for other, you know, I'm picky about it. I, I, mix, I mix and match. But, um, so if you have someone who's really great with dogs, who's got a dog business or just has a good story or what have you, I am absolutely open for that for the next year. So uh, bring on the suggestions. Um, The thing that I wanted to end this year with uh, as far as like the season of radio, because now I've kind of introduced myself in a lot of different ways. You've seen a bunch of different sides of me. The the pretty sides and not so pretty sides, the uh, you know calm side, the not so calm side. Um, so I kind of just wanted you to get an idea of who I am and what I'm about. And um, so I thought I'd end this year with explaining my STAR method in terms of how I approach dog training because um, it is the basis of which I do everything else. And it's what I educate my clients and my students on so that they can solve their own problems. I believe in educating people to be their own problem solvers instead of just sort of holding back information and making you pay for me to show up for something I didn't tell you. Um, I'd rather you call me and say, hey, I did this. Uh, is that right? And I'll go, yes, you did. You did awesome. And not just to be an obnoxious shit, but basically to, uh, you know, it's about boosting our confidence in ourselves and also in our relationship with our dogs. So the STAR method that I came up with came out of my background for, you know, studying mammals, etc. And it was kind of like, well, what is it that dogs are motivated to do in terms of survivability? Because they're not humans. We want them to be human a lot of times, but they're not. They see things in terms of survivability and on a very base level, so do we. Or what is it that motivates dogs to do the things uh, or to, to like, you know, vie for status, which is also part of their survivability. I mean, it's part of their social structure. So is it it, for us? So what is it that's important to them? What do they strive for? What do they, what are their power points? You know, what are the things that make them feel powerful or confident or, or what have you? So, um, the first thing I did was look at just the origins of nature and that's just common sense. We have nature at the origins of behavior. Sorry. We have nature and nurture. Those are the two origins of behavior. I mean, we have no other options. We have what was given to us in our DNA, our biology, our physiology, what we were born with, just that makes us who we are as a, as a species, whatever species it is. 
And then there's nurture, which is that experience we have through the filter of nature. That's Those are the two things that we're talking about. And when it comes to dog training, to me, you've got to address both of them. You can't just sit there and just use behavior modification to kind of trick a dog to do something other than what they're already doing. You can't... They're, they're very good at tricking themselves. They're very good at, like, begging for food when they're completely full. They're very good at pretending like they're completely hurt when they're not. Oh, you know, screaming when there's no actual injury. You know, things like that to get a dog to back off. They're very good at manipulating each other. So the thing is, is that when it comes to nurture, I don't simply subscribe to, like, just behavior modification because that is sometimes putting a band-aid on something it's ignoring the nature part what's kind of disconnected I, I go for that first that's the the foundation I mean if you're not feeling like you can actually pay your bills or make sure you have food in the refrigerator or make sure you have gas in the car so you can actually go to your job so you can pay bills those are the things that are going to screw you up in everything else you do it's the stuff that makes you anxious that makes you overreact that makes you scream at traffic besides the fact they deserve it. But you just want to make sure that you've got everything sort of like the very basics of your nature, the needs that you have, and that includes socialization, whatever level that is. I'm an introvert, so I'm very happy to just see people once a month. <laughs> Maybe. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm like, I just need socialization once a month. I'm okay. So uh, for other people, it's every day. It just depends on what your needs are. So if you don't address your nature first, then all the other things that you want to do, if you're, we're talking about just humans here, your nurture, the habits you want to change, the habits you want to increase or decrease, whatever it is, you're not going to be able to address those until you are certain that you actually have your basic nature addressed, which is, I have a place to sleep, I have a place to, I have some food to eat, I have some socialization, I can now move on. So... That's what I look at for dogs. They, they're creatures. So let's talk about the nature of these dogs. What is it that they vie for that's important to them? It's important to us to eat. Well, it is for dogs too. It's important for dogs to have some sort of social status and positional status. So I created the acronym STAR. S-T-A-R. Space, Treats, Affection, respect. And so I'm going to define what all these things are so you understand what I'm talking about. There's also called the star puppy thing from AKC. It's totally different. So don't even try to go there. This is in terms of addressing how do I approach my dog and dealing with their basic anxiety before I start using behavior modification to fix some bad habits or create some new habits or both. So space, what is that? Well, space is a very, very powerful tool that I use to actually create a relationship with a dog that I have just met. A lot of people try to use affection right away, and unfortunately, they cross over into space too. Oh, I'm going to pet the dog. Well, it doesn't actually instill any confidence in a dog whatsoever if you just go for affection by entering their space and then trying to touch them or give them eye contact. Space has three aspects, personal space, Positional space, territorial space. Personal space, I've talked before, and if you go on my website, kazidogtraining.com, you'll see some videos, and several of those videos are actually talking about personal space and the power you have with that. All alphas have a personal space. I don't let my dog touch me. He doesn't get to come within three inches of me 
until I say it's okay. If I have a very pushy dog, it might be more than that. And the reason is, is that the lowest one on the totem pole in terms of social status is the one who gets touched and leaned on and t piled on at any time they want. So if you have a dog that's just all over and jumping, it's, it's to you, it's affection to you. Oh, it's cute. But they're also, they're also like starting a handshake in a, in a sense. They're saying, look, I want to know where you are versus me. And if you allow them to just jump all over and you reinforce it, you're telling them, that's right. You dominate me. I'm the lowest on the totem pole. You don't have to listen to me. And for an, a submissive dog, which is what our domesticated dogs are, at certain scales and certain, you know, spectrum, they're all domesticated. We have just now screwed with their psyche. We've just now told them that they're actually in charge of us. And that's not what they really want to feel safe. Um, so it sounds and looks really cute, but if you don't maintain your personal space, whatever that is, wherever you go, you no longer have status, nor do they feel safe with you because you are not a leader or someone they can trust. Dominance and submission is about trust. We've had this in a previous episode. So I think it's episode seven. So um, the, uh, the idea is, is that you want to be very careful about your personal space as well as if you have guests over, make sure you maintain their personal space so the dog doesn't dominate them. Because uh, you would like your guests to be able to go to the bathroom without getting their heels nipped by your dog because they thought they owned them. Um, Another aspect is positional space. So I want to make sure that my dog's never ahead of me. If I'm standing still or walk, walking up or down the steps, steps, I make sure that my dog's shins do not, go, do not go past my shins in terms of a plane, creating a plane. I own that space. They cannot go past it. If I'm walking, their nose does not go past my forward kneecap, period, ever, on leash. Off leash, uh, who cares? But on leash... That's the way it is. So if I don't give them the leadership position, then they have no reason to take everything into their own hands. They don't have to protect the, the pack. They don't have to look for the squirrels. They have to look to you to ask which squirrels they should go after. That allows a submissive, domesticated dog to feel more relaxed so that you now have a better relationship. Again, it's about trust, right? Space. But they will vie for this space if you're not on top of it. And that's true for the positional one. They will take the space if you don't make it clear that you're taking the space in terms of personal and positional. And that also goes with territorial, inside and out. It is your job to mark the territory outside. You've already marked the territory inside with your stinky self. So you make sure that you maintain those spaces like your bed, etc., and the kitchen and whatever is important to them. Now, if your dog's also very food motivated, maybe you won't let your dog in the kitchen at all when you are in the kitchen. Just depends on your dog. Just depends on how crazy they are about it. Every dog is slightly different and what's important to them is what you have to pay attention to. How important is it for this dog to have space or food or, you know, which I call treats or affection? And then you kind of control that. So, um, so one time you can have a controlling relationship and it's actually a good thing. So <laughs> it's like, if you have control issues, this is where it should totally go. All right. So <laughs> not with your human relationships with your dog. Um, so, so with that, the space thing is in, in some dogs, that's what that's most important to them out of all the three things that I mentioned, space treats and affection space is the most important. So they'll always try to get between you and somebody else. They'll always try to stand in front of you and own the space 
person be right across your legs, whether you're standing or moving, sitting, whatever. Um, they will always sort of be on guard, watching for the entryways and exitways, and always be in the main territory area watching traffic going through the house. Those are space-oriented dogs, and it's very hard to pay attention to because you got to watch their positioning and watch what they're doing at all times, and then scoot them out of that space and into a different job before you can do it. And you have to do a lot of creating with those dogs because space is such a powerful motivator for that particular dog that you have to take it away because they start getting high, they start getting a little too big for the britches and they start acting out. Um, and sometimes it's very violent. Sometimes it's very aggressive. So we have positional, personal and territorial space that you have to watch out for. Now, my dog is not necessarily territorial, but he's very about personal space, he's all over it. He just wants to be held. He turns into a little chihuahua that looks like he's going to vomit all the time. Um, but if I maintain my personal space, he calms down. However, if he's out in the open space too much and he's sleeping on the bed while I'm gone or he's on my couch while I'm gone, he starts getting more nervous because, again, it's almost as if being right on top of me and he becomes more anxious and more crazy. So I actually have to crate him during the day while I'm gone so he doesn't start getting bent out of shape and anxious. So another dog might take go in the direction of being more aggressive, uh, wouldn't let you on the bed, maybe takes a shit on your bed uh, when you leave when you didn't you know, get permission from them first kind of thing. So it just depends on the dog and what they're, you know, how they act out is, is a little different based on the personality. But apparently space in either case is super important to them. Treats. Treats is anything your dog can put your mouth on. It can be your remote control, your own arm. It could be their food. It could be their dog bed, their toys, what have you. Treats is about possession. So it's anything they can possess uh, physically. So... When it comes to that, you got to kind of watch, is my dog super toy motivated? Does he tend to take my stuff and run away with it a lot? Does, um, does he tend to like hold on to my arm a lot or my guest's arms a lot? It's not now just personal space. It's also about they're controlling you and telling you what to do. Um, some of the worst cases where people don't really deal with bite inhibition with puppies, those, their dogs will learn to just possess them by biting up, up and down their arms just because they move towards the bathroom too fast when they didn't want them to. I mean, just something really silly like that. And that's something that kind of sneak up on you. So treats is something that you should control. Watch what your dog obsesses about. Watch what your dog tries to keep other dogs away from or you from or what have you. You, by the way, paid for all those treats. They're yours. So you should be able to take them away at any time. If your dog's possessive over toys, don't leave toys out, right? Just don't do it because you're setting your dog up for failure and you're gone to work and they've got toys all over the place and they're like, I am the king of the universe. And then you come home and they're like, you step near my toy. You got near my toy. And then they start biting you or chasing you. It might be really cute and playful, but it won't be when your guests come over. They might actually go after you. I see that a lot with bulldogs. It's not just bulldogs, but bulldogs have a tendency to obsess about like toys and stuff. And they'll like you're, you'll have a friend over, and they'll just happen to walk by a toy, and the bulldog will go after them. Um, it seems like it comes out of no warning, but you actually reinforced it by letting them have this power trip all day long. So put the damn toys away. Put the dog in the crate keep them chill during the day so they don't get these little power trips and then they start overreacting and obsessing about things. Um, affection. Affection or attention is like just giving even eye contact or saying their name or petting them. By the way, giving your dog eye contact while you're eating at the dinner table is the same thing as feeding them food. You might as well not. I just 
the dog's not, as far as I'm concerned, shouldn't even be near the table or near the coffee table if you're eating from the TV while you're doing this. They should just not be near there. No attention whatsoever. Attention is very powerful. It means something. We like to just give attention freely all the time, but dogs do it for work done. And this should be true of your space and treats as well. They earn those things for work done. And work done can be something as simple as a sit and a stay for one or two seconds, and now they can be in your lap as long as they stay calm. That's it. Work done. Evil. I know. Rough. But this is important for dogs. If you want their, if you want them to feel confident and calm and relax and actually feel safe, which is what your intention is, then this is what you do. This is their nature. This is in their DNA. So affection has to be very poignant. I don't give eye contact if I'm giving a command or correcting a dog. I save that for the extra icing. Okay? And, and make sure it, st- it remains positive. So... Space treats affection. Those are the main things. Assuming that your dogs aren't breeders, like they're they're not like vying for you know sex and progeny. So um, that's a whole nother bag of worms. If you if you're breeding dogs, uh, if you have dogs that are not spayed and neutered, that's another whole <clears throat> category of you know competition amongst the pack. So all of this, if you are in control of the space treats and affection, all of this is will lead you to what I call respect and I define that as confidence and cooperation. I do think there's such a thing as a healthy amount of fear but not in the sense of like complete fear of harm and destruction uh, as we used to do to our animals a hundred years ago but um, I do think that confidence and cooperation which is natural for a dog because they're social animals, so they do have to cooperate to survive. We also want their confidence, trusting you that you're actually in charge of things so they don't have to worry. All they have to do is communicate with you by doing work, little things. You know, not like not jumping on your friends when they walk into the house, that kind of work. So if you do that, then you got yourself a dog who, where you are tapping into their nature, controlling the commodities that they vie for, for power and status. You're taking it, you're in control of it, you dole it out according to merit, and you will be generous accordingly, but not overly generous. Don't spoil the dog crazy. Um, And then you'll get yourself a dog who respects you, and that's confidence and cooperation. And this is the basis by which I teach my students and clients first before we go, okay, your dog has a bad habit or has a little trigger or needs to learn a new habit uh, instead of just barking their head off, I want them to come get you. That's behavior modification. But it's not going to work if they're stressed out all the time because everything else is a disconnect in terms of communication and that nothing makes sense to them as a dog and they don't feel safe. So the thing is, is that when you're working with a dog, I always go for nature first. What's the star? What's the space treats and affection? What's most important? When I come to somebody's house, I go, okay, what is the most important commodity for that dog? And therefore, what do we have to be the strictest with so that we can kind of balance this dog? out and then slowly give them more privileges and ease up and how much you give them privileges and how long it takes it just varies from dog to dog so you kind of have to start from ground zero and build them back up without destroying them you just take away all the extra privileges that they've been kind of like getting power trips on and decided that you were just sort of a necessary evil in their life instead of actually your partner so um and and here you are busting your ass paying for everything (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so if you want that kind of relationship, start with that first. Then you can start training your dog to do anything. I mean, when it comes to looking at dogs who do production work, which by the way, I'm very excited. I will let you guys know on the Facebook page first, probably, if it happens before the end of the year. But it's getting closer and closer to that time that the film that I uh, train the dogs or help train the dogs in uh, is going to be out. So I'll let you know when that's happening. But working with those dogs, we had to deal with their the star first, you know, getting those space treats and affection in control. And then we got them to do some pretty amazing things in a very short period of time under very stressful situations. But they would not have trusted us in those stressful situations without having all of the other stuff taken care of. In other words, they knew that we were in control of all the commodities that they wanted to buy for. And now they were going to do it by cooperating with us rather than competing with us or competing with the other dogs. So that is kind of the basis of really having a good relationship in terms of that's natural. We always talk about, what oh, let's go for what's natural. But then they sit there and go with just food and I got a dog that's not food motivated. How's that going to work? I want my dog to trust me without the food. I want my dog to believe that I've got the universe in control and nothing's going to happen to him, even though I really don't. And that is where I get things like really messed up dogs. And I want you, if you have a messed up dog, a sheltered dog or whatever, to be able to help them through, not just use food. It doesn't just work for all dogs. Because guess what? Some dogs just don't care about treats. They just don't. They care about space. They care about affection. So that's kind of my approach with this. Not kind of. That is my approach with this. And that's why I've been successful for considering how long I've been experimenting with this in professional, my professional life. Because I've been training animals since I was 11. So, you know, I have a long history. But in my professional life, it's been very successful as long as clients actually follow through that you have to actually follow through with that. Otherwise it doesn't work. Uh, and it's not a matter of convenience and it's not about uh, your feelings. It's about what works for the nature of the dog. So, and after that, we could teach your dog to do anything as long as they got still brain working. That's all I'm saying. Anything else is, is a piece of cake after that. Um, so star space treats affection, have control of that, dole it out according to merit and you will get the respect that you long for with your dog and that your dog longs for, which is confidence, cooperation. So I'm done yapping at you. It's been a short little show, um, but I've been, I've enjoyed this. I've learned a lot this um, year, this season, this first season. It's been experimental. So hopefully we're going to, I'll actually be better next year, which is, which is a good thing because, you know, I need improvement at all times. So um, I will probably be starting in January. I'll keep, I'll keep you posted on That Dog Training Show with Tanya Yarbrough on the Facebook page. You can follow me on Instagram uh, under that, at That Dog Training Show or Cassie Dog Train uh, on Twitter. And uh, I'll be glad to ask, uh, answer any questions you have over the holidays, especially since uh, things will get hectic for you. And I'm all about giving out free information at all times because really, I just want you to be successful. Um, that's what's most important to me. And I hope your, your dog has a stronger bond with you. So until next year, oh, don't forget, you got to change, I got to change your clocks this weekend. I'm don't, don't listen to this next week and then get all screwed up. Okay. This is October 29th. So, um, anyway, until then, as I always say, help your dog serve you in little ways every day, because in the dog world to love is to serve. So you know what? Serve them well. I'll talk to you next year. Bye. I just want-